Servus and greetings from Vienna. My name is Anita Posch. Thank you for listening to Bitcoin und Co., my podcast that's introducing the philosophy, ideas and people behind Bitcoin. Hello to all you Bitcoin friends, newbies and interested people out there. Thanks that you're here again listening to my podcast. This is the first of nine interviews I've recorded at the Baltic Honey Badger Conference in Riga. So please subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify and other major players or subscribe to my newsletter at Anita Posh dot com forward slash newsletter that's a-n-i-t-a-p-o-s-c-h dot com forward slash newsletter then you won't miss an episode you can find more details and the show notes to this episode on bitcoinandco.com slash en so that's bitcoin u-n-d-c-o dot c-o-m forward slash en that's the English version of my podcast. My guest today is Rodolfo Novak, an entrepreneur who is a long-time Bitcoiner. He's building products like the Open Dime, the Cold Card Wallet, the Block Clock, and is experimenting with a lot of other stuff connected to Bitcoin. And I think as of now, it's the episode with the most laughing in it. So I think you're going to have fun while listening too. Before we start, I want to thank my sponsors. Without their support, this podcast wouldn't be possible. And they have great products and services. So please listen to their messages. I approached Shift Crypto Security because I feel like we care about the same things. My absolute belief is in independence. This is a value that drives all of Shift's products too. We both believe that everybody should be the holder of their own keys. And a well-built hardware wallet is the safest way to hold your coins. So when Shift announced the Bitbox O2, we made it happen. The Bitbox O2 is Swiss-made, secure and easy to use. It has invisible touch sensors and USB-C. And it also comes as a Bitcoin-only edition. That's something I believe in too. So I encourage you to check it out at shiftcrypto.ch. That's shift, C-R-I-P-T-O dot C-H. And you can get free shipping with the code ANITA. The Bitbox O2 by Shift Crypto Security. Paying with cryptocurrencies in everyday life and that with any wallet? Salamantex makes it possible now. Cheap, fast and easy at the checkout or online. All Salamantex merchants and further information about the Salamantex digital payment system can be found at www.salamantex.com forward slash customers. That's www.salamantex.com forward slash customers. Hello, Rodolfo. Thanks for taking the time so spontaneous. We just met yesterday and you agreed to do this interview immediately. Uh, I find that's very nice. I've seen you're from Brazil. Yes. And uh, live in Canada now. That's can right. you, can you please tell us a story? And also, how did you get from Brazil to Canada? 
Yeah, so um, I uh, I think uh, was like 18 or 19, I uh, decided, I found this course I wanted to do in Canada and uh, applied, I, I went and fell in love with Toronto and sort of never went back. <laughs> Which course did you do? It was a digital media arts. Oh, at the SAA? No. <laughs> <laughs> There's a, uh, um, it's a college, it's called SAE. I don't know that and one. It's, okay, because that would have been funny because I also have done something like that uh, only in Austria <laughs> and it's an international institute. So, uh, yeah. Okay, so you, you stayed for the study and because life was good. Yeah, in I really enjoyed the, you know, the, the opposite of Brazil. So also the winter time. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I'm a big fan of the winter. Really? I know it's kind of weird. I'm probably one of the only people that even in Canada that likes the winter. <laughs> <laughs> it's long and very cold winter, yes, isn't it? Yes, uh, but it's dry. Okay. We get snow, but it's dry. It's, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, nice. So you stayed there. And did you work in digital media then at the beginning? Yeah, I, I, uh, I mean, the, the course itself turned out to be crap, like, you know, most schooling in general. And... Uh, But it, it gave me like enough points to apply for immigration and sort of like, so I applied and, and then I started working for some companies and started my own company and sort of. Okay. You were an way. entrepreneur before. Yes. Okay. So you have the entrepreneurial heart. Uh. Yeah. It's, you know, it's just because, you know, my, my grand grandparents also went to Brazil, sort of like, you know, from Europe and, and they started businesses there. It's just like you can't, you can't escape your, your uh, your dna oh that's cool so they came from europe and yes. you went to canada <laughs> that's right okay great story and what did your great grandparents do in brazil um uh, different stuff okay. one of them yeah, it's yeah. Just all so so that's in the family yes. and so you started uh, your own company and uh, when did you hear about bitcoin the first time Uh, it was the the slash dot article for okay. me. So yeah. many people say that to me. Yeah. Yeah, because you know, like uh, back in those days, the Hacker News uh, wasn't uh, was I can't remember if Hacker News was around yet, but like slash dot was like sort of essentially like what Hacker News is today. Like it's like where a lot of the the new stuff got posted and and sort of you got a lot of exposure that way. Mm -hmm. And then you started to research it or yeah I, i i mean i looked at it i you know i was pretty skeptical about it and uh i sort of was on and off and and uh and then uh when he clicked for me i i uh i started uh me and peter gray my business partner on uh on coinkite um we built uh btclook.com which was like a a redis based like a, a, a in-memory based uh, blockchain explorer uh just to sort of learn about it And uh, and then we, we closed it down pretty fast because the blockchain got too big for for memory of the computer and we didn't want to pay <laughs> for servers, and uh, and then sort of like you know we made the payment terminals, we made the debit cards, and we made the okay, but but that's that's a huge step, isn't it? I mean, yeah. you you uh, the slash dot <laughs> article was in 2011 we, we, or something. We, huh? we often do huge steps. We we <laughs> launched <laughs> we launched the Bitcoin terminals. I think in uh, um, 2013 maybe, uh -huh. um, yeah. And uh, did you have clients then? I yeah, we, we had terminals in like 80 countries. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. There was there was like a, a Coinkite terminal in pretty much like every major city in the world. Um, and they were like GSM and stuff. Uh, so they would work anywhere in the world. And, and has this grown? No. Uh, <laughs> so we, <laughs> we, we were a little bit early. So th they were not meant originally to be. Uh, payment terminals they were meant to be a mini exchange machine 
right? So, but we incorporated two modes in the in the design. So you could pick in exchange mode. So you print uh, paper wallets. You 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 sell Bitcoin, or you could use it as a standard payment terminal. So you could accept payments for your bar and put the table number kind of thing. Uh, yeah, and then we made the Bitcoin like the CoinKite debit cards and. Um, so we, we sold quite a bit of those, but, uh, you know, it was kind of stupid. Uh, it, there was no way that thing was going to take off properly in 2014 by the time. Um, yeah. And we, we had to build out the backend for that. So we ended up launching a wallet as well, you know, just the whole rabbit hole. And it was just the two of you? Yeah. Well, we had like some contractors like doing some stuff for us, uh, We've always sort of like we, we don't use big um, uh, uh, like server providers like AWS and things like that. So we always sort of like ran our own servers and use small serving ho uh, hosting companies. And we had to build the hardware, the hardware security modules to do that. So we sort of like had those distributed around. And but yeah, it was a small team. Mm -hmm. Let's come back to Bitcoin, please. Like, what was the interesting thing about Bitcoin for you that you decided? That's in a way weird, but cool at the same time. Uh, I mean, like for me, it was sort of like that thing. It was like the money is in the computer, like like actually in the computer. It's like a bare instrument, right? So that to me was fascinating that I could send money digitally without middleman. Like it, it was just truly fascinating to me. Like I just I couldn't let go of it anymore. Are the properties like it's uncensorable and uh, it belongs to you? And is this... Yes. Yeah. I mean, you know, it really sort of, I've, I've always been a, be a believer that like the internet is like the eighth continent. <laughs> it, you know, it's like where our brains go. And um, like, but it, you can't have like freedom with just information, right? You also need commerce. Like humans want to trade stuff. Uh, so, but, you know, you had to rely on PayPal. You had to rely on, uh, you know, Liberty Reserve or whatever. And, Bitcoin sort of like, you know, was the, the part that was missing. 402 payment required was part of the, the, the internet from the beginning. It's just that we didn't have a system to fill that hole. <laughs> it's so multidimensional. It's not only a payment method, as you said. Yeah, so yeah. Like so, but that was part of the journey, right? For me, uh, I, I didn't see it as a store of value, like back in the very early days. Um, it became a store of value for me, like, Uh, as I started to understand more, because I, I didn't, I don't have an economics background, and uh, I, I saw it as a piece of technology that like allows me to to say "f you" to the man and sort of make a transaction without anybody's permission. Um, and back in those days, I mean, the price would like <laughs> go everywhere. So thinking of that as a store of value was kind of not obvious. Um, the, the store of value came after when I saw that like my customers were more interested in holding it than spending it. <laughs> That's interesting, yeah. Because why why didn't they want to spend it? Did they believe that it's more a store of value? Did they believe the the thing like it's digital gold? I think I think humans have a tendency to hoard uh, uh, scarce things, perceived scarf, uh, uh, scared things, um, and, and I think it's very innate. It's like you know, you see a shiny thing, you want to put it in a bag and take it home. Okay, so it's like Bitcoin was kind of like that, you know, it's a shiny thing for like technical people. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Yeah, but on the other hand, if we don't spend it, it won't get more uh, distribution. Or? Yeah, so a lot of people gave a lot away. 
you know it's just to get people in but but the thing is like i i don't think you you can force adoption by sort of like pedantically sort of like <laughs> pedal it <laughs> you, you know i i think it's a need thing right like there was a need for bitcoin people wanted to sell and buy things they're not allowed to uh legal illegal things they also wanted to sell things to countries that are not allowed to and and you know i i, I think that the nation state got sort of a little bit out of control um you know we we found uh we found sort of freedom through the enlightenment and then it started becoming all totalitarian again <laughs> yeah but don't you feel that also payments in bitcoin are getting like in a way totalitarian uh surveillance um, no, because you know what? Like uh, mixing actually works fairly reasonably. Like it's not perfect, uh, but it does work. Uh, that's one of the reasons why I created OpenDime is so that people could transact without trace. I think people ha should have the inherent right of privacy. And uh, but you know, join join markets works wasabi and you know samurai. Um, is it? Is uh, CoinJoin in Samurai or, or in Wasabi automatically uh, done? Or? Yes, yeah. So I mean, that's, I never that, tried it. Yeah, so, no, I, I'm not sure. I can't remember about Samurai, but I, I know. Uh, so in Wasabi, essentially, like that's how you use the wallet, right? It, 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 uh, it does the thing for you. you know, and then there is other coins that provide like privacy too. And, and I think that the people who have need for extreme, extreme privacy uh, that are not technically capable yet of, of like really taking care of their own Bitcoin. Because you can do Bitcoin privacy fairly well, but you have to be fairly technical. You know, there's ways around everything. Yeah, but and I also think that the uh, development in the technical stuff will go into the direction that also non-technical users can do coin trains yes. and something like that. I, I, I think, yeah, so, so Wasabi is incredibly easy to use. It's, it's like very easy. And, and there is a lot of more average person sort of like going for it now and it's growing. Mm -hmm. But I mean, I'm very skeptical sometimes or pessimistic about the governments and regulation. Don't you think that someday they say all the coins which are mixed are illegal? Who cares? Okay. There's another 50, you know, there's another 100 countries in the world that are not going to say that. Yeah. And you go to the other country and you exchange it there for some other thing. And then you go back and you exchange for some other thing. It, this is like a hopeless game. You know, it really is because... You know, hopefully Bitcoin won't get so expensive so fast that we're going to like spread this thing a lot more before it's a concern. Because Bitcoin right now is not a concern for any government. Yeah, it's, it's a kiddie pool. Yeah. I mean, I also I was talking to a guy from the uh, United Nations office, uh, money laundering and stuff. Um, and he told me that most criminals use Bitcoin because if they use Monero, there's the danger or, or Zcash, there's the danger that they are found more easily because not so many people use Monero right. like Bitcoin. So <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I don't think there is a lot of people doing money laundering Bitcoin. The, you know, HSBC does a much better job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> shall I say. So I remember at the beginning of this year, you did something uh, that everybody in the world, like who's in Bitcoin, uh, realized that it's great. You sent a Bitcoin transaction over the radio. Yes. Yeah, from, from Toronto to Michigan. Yeah. Yeah, What? and uh, and yeah. went to San Francisco. Uh, oh, uh, there were a few. Yeah, yeah, tell us about it. How does this work? So this is like amateur radio, right? Uh, I'm a licensed amateur operator, and uh, so uh, HF. So it's like like lower bands. I think was uh, 14 uh, megahertz. 
Um, and, and what's cool about this sort of bands is that like they bounce off the ion sphere and then they go back down. So kind of you, you can actually cross the whole kind of planet, uh, which is fun. And uh, um, so one of them, I asked somebody to broadcast a transaction for me. Another one, I sent uh, a plain text private key. And then another one, I sent uh, a lightning payment to, to Elena. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we, we tried a few different things. What, in the torch? No, okay. I, I didn't do the torch at the time because I hadn't found a, a good like uh, modulation uh, uh, protocol that could do, like, because lightning is a lot more data. Uh, and, and HF radio is fairly constrained bandwidth wise. You can only send small amounts of data. No, you, you, you can, but like, so you're dependent on, on quality sort of environment. So like, you know, cause, uh, HF radio doesn't really care about the weather. It cares about the sun weather. <laughs> so it really, the sun interferes with it. Unlike, unlike, uh, um, high, uh, higher frequencies. Um, so you have like you're sending data constantly, right? And and, and like there is a, a small chance it doesn't get those parts, so you have to send it again. Uh it's forward error correction. So you pre-do the error correction because it's not two ways, right? I you, you can't receive and transmit at the same time, it's a single channel sort of thing. You just you send, 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 and then they tell you, Oh, did I get it or not? kind of thing. Oh, interesting. So it's very dependent on nature. Yeah. 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 So you, it's not re really reliable. Can we uh, it's actually more reliable than satellite, for example. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, no. There is nothing more reliable than HF radio. Like all the, like the American nuclear silos, for example, all this stuff is going to use lower bands as a, as a means of, of, uh, of like a redundancy. Okay. And are you going to do something with that idea? I mean, this is. So, um, I was, we're going to make a, um, a little, uh, uh, program. So that people could run an HF receiver, which is very easy and you don't have to be licensed for. Uh, and then, um, everybody would like get access to this private key and then, and this public key it would be a public private key and, and public key pair. Um, and essentially, if you want somebody to broadcast your transaction, you just send a, a three, three outputs. One output is your transaction. One output is the, is the mining fee. And then the third output, uh, would be a payment to this address. And so whoever sees it first claims it on the blockchain and broadcasts it. So you're working on that? No, no I, I put, we put it aside because like there isn't enough people it. using this stuff, oh, yeah, right? Yeah, so, yeah. uh, we sort of put, it's just the people who can do this stuff can already like do the stuff. Okay. So they don't need an incentive, at least okay. for now. But if you want to be off the grid, or yeah. need, or, or in any, yeah, you can. I, I mean, what's what's really cool about this stuff is that you can use the high bandwidth satellite to sync your node, and then you make your transaction. You can broadcast a transaction via HF radio, uh, and you can do that camping. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's great. Oh, it's so great. Before we continue, a short message from my longtime show supporters at Card Wallet. Thank you. We'll be back soon. Do you want to keep your Bitcoin safe long term? The Card Wallet is the best cold storage solution a retail customer can get. It's easy to use and completely offline. No hassles with updates, passwords or hacks. 
I gave one to friends as a wedding gift. They are Bitcoin newbies, but with the card wallet, even they can hold Bitcoin securely. And the best thing is, my friends at cardwallet.com made a special offer for all the listeners of my podcast. If you go to www.cardwallet.com forward slash Anita, you'll get 20% off the price. So go to www cardwallet.com forward slash Anita now and buy a card wallet with a 20% discount. So we were talking about open time. Yes. Was this the first product then you did after the terminal or how did this come into existence? Uh, so we had a, a, a wallet like a, a multi-sig wallet like Big Go. It was before Big Go. And uh, so that was like It's like holding money for people and sort of, you know, and I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to hold other people's bags. So we closed down CoinKite and uh, we've, uh, we wanted to make like the opposite of what we were doing before. So the most like point solution as possible, the most disconnected device as possible. Uh, and, and, and I wanted to be something like, I wanted to go back to just hardware. And uh, so we, created like a like physical bitcoin or like a bare instrument for bitcoin and that's sort of what open dime is okay you can basically put some bitcoin a little amount or a great amount on on it and it's ideal to give it as a gift or something how to just to physically exchange bitcoin without using a hard uh, a wallet in a yeah wallet. so all you have to do is check the signature really and uh but what's to me what's interesting is that The, the two main properties, right? One is immediate. You don't have to wait for confirmations, but it's real Bitcoin because it is a confirmed coin in there. So it's, you don't have to wait for blocks. So it's like a, a physical coin. Exactly. It's a physical Bitcoin in a way. And the other part is privacy, right? There's zero trace between two people. Yeah, that's true, yeah. Uh, oh, zero digital trace, right? Yeah. So you can keep on repassing that device to more people and more people and more people. Um, And that creates a pretty interesting, um, uh, you know, uh, chain of not chain. <laughs> <laughs> and unchain. And unchain. Uh, and the cold card wallet is another product. Yes. How does this work? What What is it? So um, after closing Cuenca, kind of, you know, looking for places on how we store. Like I store mine and my partner store his. And, And uh, I know I bought the available hardware wallets and uh, I opened them up and look at it and it's like pretty unsatisfied with what was available. So uh, we made hardware wallets. <laughs> okay, I understand. <laughs> so um, it's a hardware wallet, but I think you can uh, use your own dice. Yeah, so... So, you know, we went uh, the, the full paranoid mode, right? So, like, we, we wanted to make the device that sort of, like, you know, satisfy... The long list that, like, an appropriately like like a person who understands cryptography would like to to satisfy, right? Um, so, you know, the the device is air gapped. You don't have to to use it with a computer. Uh, you can, but you don't have to. Um, it's uh, uh, there is proper supply chain control. There is you know bags that show if it was voided, and uh, um, and then for sources of entropy. Um, you don't have to trust us. Uh, you can actually throw dice 
Uh, you can do 66. Well, I mean, you, you can just put a little bit of your entropy. You can do halfway or you can go full and do the 99 throws. And then you have like full entropy there for, for this. Yeah. Uh, and this is all open source and mathematically provable. And I saw you also have a lightning vending machine. Yes. So, um, the best way to sort of like, like learn about something is to build something for it. <laughs> At least. So that's your to way us, of learning. Yeah. So, uh, we, I, this was very much like Peter. He really wanted to. Um, so we built a, a, a vending machine that takes lightning payments. <laughs> okay. And, and do you, uh, sell it also? Is it? No, it was just, it's a, just an yeah, experiment. We were going to sort of send it to some conferences and people could put, cause it's an actual professional vending machine. This is not like a toy. Uh, you could put it on the wall and it, it works. Uh, but, um, but you know, it turns out it's a pain in the ass to ship a vending machine to conferences. <laughs> yeah, I understand. We were talking about trust yesterday. So the cold card wallet. Yes. If you would say security is like a scale, like from zero to one hundred, where would you rank your? There, there is no one hundred, right? Like nothing is infallible, but uh, you know, it's it's a pretty safe device. <laughs> I mean, uh, it does satisfy a lot of my requirements. And then the new version that we're, we're launching is, it's like, it takes that to a, like another level too. So is there also a software with it? So no. How, so we, we you don't. only create the seed. How, 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 how do you get so, to your, uh, so you use it with Electrum or, uh, Core or, uh, any, any wallet that supports PSBT format. Uh, it's a partially signed Bitcoin transactions. Uh, you can use it with it's, it's completely wallet agnostic. Okay. So it has a USB. You can use USB or you can use the micro SD card to shut, to, to shuttle ah, through. So okay. you can use sneaker nets or you can be offline. Oh, I understand. Okay. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> so many, uh, different, different types also of uh, wallets there. Yeah. No, it's, it's people have different needs. Yeah. yeah that's true. So, I you mean, know, like, say, so, and there's always like security is always a set of trade offs. So, you know. Uh, if you want to make the super easy online web wallet that connects to a hardware wallet, there's major security concerns, major privacy concerns. Um, you should never have to put your hardware wallet into a computer. <laughs> uh, that to me is it's crazy, but you know, there's people who need that. Uh, and we allow that too. So, uh, but yeah, I'm a, I'm more partial to sneaker net. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, but, one of the mottos of uh, Bitcoin is don't trust verify. Exactly. So, but in the end, with the different products, you still have to trust the people who do it, who make it, or? Uh, no, there is, well, ish. So it's tricky, right? Because, um, so we go through great lengths so that you don't have to trust us, right? So the, all the, the, everything is open source. Uh, you can buy the parts yourself from another vendor. And load it and build it yourself if you want. And you can prove our source code is doing what it does. Um, the case is clear, so you can inspect it. Um, you know, you can use your own entropy, so you don't have to trust the device. So, you know, as you build these layers, you know, that trust surface really diminishes very fast. Um, and I think that's, that's very important. I didn't want to trust my own wallet. <laughs> So you build your cold card by yourself, or do you use the ones you have? Oh uh, no, I, I use I use the ones uh, the ones we make. Yeah, yeah no, from from the factory. Yeah. So uh, you trust your own product? Yeah, which is exactly. A good thing. No, that's that's why we made it. <laughs> uh, and and also like 
you know, that's the one that gets visibility too, right? Like the people that are trying to hack is the one that I sell on the store. So I want to use the one that gets more eyes on. So what other products are you going to do in the future? Or do you look, or is it just those you have and keep going? Oh, we have piles of stuff and like, like prototypes of all kinds of stuff. So it's just what we do all day. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And you, you do it also because it's fun for you to yeah, do, to build stuff. Yep. Yeah. That's pretty much it. Because I've also seen the watch, the Bitcoin clock. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I forgot that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. We, uh, you know, it was the anniversary of 10 years of Bitcoin. I wanted like an object that would sort of represent that artistically and, and sort of that's, uh, that's what called, that's what block clock is. It's an electromechanic, uh, uh, like display for like blockchain data and like and price and that yeah, kind of okay. stuff. Okay. Yeah. Great. You have a business partner. Yes. And, and you said you have a factory also yep. in we, Canada. We, yeah. We produce everything and, in Canada. And how many people are there? Um, the factory is fairly like, like automated. I, I, I want to say like maybe 15, 20 people in the factory. And what are your dreams or visions of your company in the future? I, I don't really, uh, I don't function like that. Yeah. No, we just, just do. we just do stuff. And if people keep on buying, we keep on making them. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a great attitude because you can't plan anyhow. So yeah, I mean, you know, it's, uh, it, it, it's like, you know, it's nice to sell stuff. Like, it's like, to me, that's like the most, like, you know, people saying, Oh, great. That's thing you did is cool. Well, wonderful. Right. But like, if people actually like forego their money and they buy your thing, it's very satisfying. Then it's like, a proof of work. <laughs> it's a proof of work. Right. And do you sell worldwide? Sorry. Yes. Yeah, yeah. We ship anywhere in the world. Yeah. I know you sell to Austria also. Yeah. Yeah. To ship to Austria. We ship everywhere. Yeah. And is this um, the from the toll uh, or, or from the legislation in countries? Is this a, a problem or no? No. No. I mean, you know, this is like I, I think like this. Our community is community between quotes. I guess uh, is. Um, It's it's more pessimistic about this stuff than it actually is. Like, you can ship pretty much anything to any country as long as it's not an illegal thing in that country. Then, like, there really is no issues. Yeah. Now, um, coming back to to Bitcoin, you're a long time Bitcoiner and have seen many things. Do you think that Bitcoin still is in danger of being not used anymore or, or, or dying? <laughs> I think by the numbers it's pretty much the opposite. I mean this thing just just keeps on growing. But like I I only I you know I have just my mentality with Bitcoin is pretty simple. It's like either it goes to zero or it goes to the moon. Like it, it's a finite thing. Uh that that scarcity just causes that sort of model, right? Like you know because if Bitcoin stagnates, uh something else will take over and Bitcoin goes to zero. So I think it's very naturally we just keep on going up. And I think the price, like the price is, you know, the sm trading in Bitcoin is a smaller function of the price. The price is really more based on the adoption curve than it is based on trading. So we see these massive movements every couple of years. That's because, you know, you create the sort of self-fulfilling circles of adoption, like adoption waves. Uh, and then there's, Then they just dampen a bit, but uh, I, I think it's gonna go. Uh, you know. Do you think there's another wave coming in 2020 because of the happening? Oh yeah. 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 There, there's so much stuff going on. It's, it's just insane. I mean, there is all the privacy stuff. There's the liquid stuff. There is lightning. There is like you know financial products. Like 
financial products that are that are uh, also regulated. There's just so much stuff happening in Bitcoin. Like, it's I don't even have time to look at old stuff. <laughs> yeah, that's true, and it's it's happening at a fast pace, and you don't realize it. Man, yesterday I was at the Blockstream meetup when they were talking about Liquid, and um, Samsung Mao said uh, that you can run a Lightning network on top of Liquid, and I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, it's. Uh, it moves. I mean, you know, like people people build in, and I think most importantly, uh, it, it's it's a very capitalist minded technology, right? It's money, so there is no shame in making money, and there is also there, it's encouraged, right? So so projects are are much more sustainable than donationware, right? So you know, when people build like Linux distros and stuff, you know, a lot of those are academic, and you know, in Bitcoin, it's like people are trying to make money. And, and, and when there is that kind of incentive, it really pushes things far and fast. Uh, I, I think that's an, an amazing drive to it. But is this side of money and, and, and profit, I guess you also have other aspects in Bitcoin you see there. So like you said it before, the freedom of, of buying stuff you yeah. want to buy. That's commerce. That's profit. That's, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> no, right. I mean, yeah. you know, I, I, and it's I think also the freedom to 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 be able to buy stuff. Like yeah. in many countries, you can't. Yeah. I, I I think you know, you know, uh, I think what Bitcoin kills is crony capitalism, right? Like, I mean, you you can actually have you know freedom to to grow. Like you know, like money is a good thing. You know, it may may not be as cool for people maybe in like, you know, richer countries where, you know, people try to downplay, you know, capitalism, that kind of stuff. But no, it's a fantastic thing, especially if you don't live in a in a very nice country, you yeah, know? It's like you want to make money. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, as I see it in Austria and Germany, most people are not interested in, in Bitcoin because they say it's only speculation. Uh, I mean, they don't see all the other aspects, of course, but yeah. I think there's many different people in those countries too. Yeah, sure. <laughs> there is a lot of German hodlers. <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh, we all, there are also a lot of full notes in Germany. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it, it's uh, there's just a lot of loud voices that sort of talk about that way, especially more mainstream media kind of thing. Um, and and what's cool about Bitcoin is that we it doesn't care, right? So we don't really need or care. About like the honey badger doesn't exactly. Care. <laughs> it's just you know, just is. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm learning that every day, you know. And uh, the more I get into the Bitcoin space, the more I realize how weird the corporate space or the mainstream space for me is, you know. Like, and also I'm I'm just doing more for privacy and security, and, and it's really interesting because yeah. As a German person, I mean, no, you're. you're I'm Austrian. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you're Austrian. German speaking. Yeah. Um, you know, like Europe is going negative interest rates soon. Like, and, and the, you know, people are not going to want to keep their money in the bank and you're not allowed to have cash anymore in many places. Right. So people are going to store their value somewhere else. Yeah. And I hope they, they find it in Bitcoin because there are a lot of shit coiners in our, our area. Yeah. And uh, it's everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of, uh, People want easy money, right? So shitcoins provide the idea of easy money. Yeah. And it's understandable. Yeah, and, and I mean, Bitcoin grows at this low factor at the moment. And I think many people got burned in 2017, maybe. So they don't trust it at the moment. I don't know. I mean, you know, don't want to get racked. Don't gamble. It's like... <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's a game, actually. In a bit. And at the moment, it's a game, you know. You have to... Yeah, even Bitcoin could go to zero. It, yeah, sure. <laughs> I mean, it's... It's okay for all the people who are really interested in the technology and in the other 
like maybe philosophical aspects and and properties of Bitcoin. Yeah. Well, Bitcoin really sort of gives you a hard lesson on what money is, and and I yeah. think ultimately that's the thing. Like everybody finds out that they didn't understand money before they really play the Bitcoin. That's absolutely true. Yeah, yeah. So, um, do you have any recommendations for our listeners um, about Bitcoin? What should they read, or books to read, or videos to look? Um, I don't know. I, I'm really getting into sort of reading more about economics and sort of trying to understand that more than the tech side of it. Um, I don't know. Just play with it. Build something yeah. <laughs> and try to sell it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah good idea. And um, can you please tell us your website address? Right. Or so I'm, I'm NVK on Twitter and uh, CoinKite.com is our company. And then we have Coldcard, uh, uh, BlockClock and OpenDime. Um, and uh, yeah, that's oh, and uh, we I, I launched this project called uh, uh, walletsrecovery.org, and uh, so if you're looking for the derivation path of a wallet that you can't find because nobody documents things well, it's probably there. Okay, <laughs> thanks. Interesting stuff. Um, yeah, thank you very much for your time. Thank you. And it's a pleasure. Yeah, have a good time at the Balticani Becher Conference. It's a fun one. Thank yeah. you. Bye. So thank you for listening. And please remember to check out the Bitbox 02 hardware wallets. Free shipping with the code ANITA at shiftcrypto.ch. Two editions, both Swiss made, including a Bitcoin only. What can I say? I'm a fan. And thanks also to Card Wallet and Salamantex. That's it for today. Thank you for listening. What did you think of the interview? Did it bring you greater understanding of Bitcoin and its people? If yes, and if you want to support my show, please subscribe to the podcast in your player, leave some stars and share, 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 share on social media. Feel free to contact me on Twitter, LinkedIn and YouTube or send me a voice message via the link on the episode page. Goodbye from Vienna. Auf Wiederhören. Music, start with yes, delicate beats. Idea, content and production, yours truly, Anita Posch. <laughs>